just take a quick once over here. Do you see anything that seems out of place now that we've got different kind of, you know, foundation set here? Like, mm. I mean, this is this is good podcasting where I'm like, just take a second and don't talk. I'm yeah. trying to fill the dead air. Yeah. But like, I do want to. I'm thinking about the, the audio of this, yeah. and they're just like listening to our silence. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I actually am pretty happy with where everything landed here. And so so I think this is, uh, it's the right amount of controversial. What is up, Modern Commerce listeners? I want to show you an amazing app we've been using called Triple Whale. You can check it out. Try triplewhale.com. It has all of the business health metrics and growth metrics you could possibly need all in one place, right? So everybody can get on the same page. This has revolutionized our ability to help grow brands and collaborate with brands. Everyone can get on the same page on the most important metrics. So if you're a media buyer, you could come into this and you can just use this little pin icon right here and you can pin to the top the most important stuff to you. So if I'm a media buyer, I might have ROAS, I might, might have ad spend, I might have new customer ROAS, right? But if I'm an owner, maybe those things aren't as important to me. Maybe I just want, you know, net profit, show me the net profit, show me the sales, right? Show me the number of orders. Um, so everyone on the team can get in line, get, you know, on the same page of what the most important growth metrics are, because it's different for every brand. Um, so grab Triple Whale at trytriplewhale.com. Use it. I promise you it will make your growth path far more clear. And uh, enjoy this episode of Modern Commerce. Welcome back, Modern Commerce. You're here with Casey and John. And today we've got another episode of Modern Commerce for you. Uh, we're going to be going over an exercise that will deal with the relationship between truth in some phrases around e-commerce marketing uh, versus the helpfulness and, and how helpful those those phrases actually are. Uh, some of them are things you've probably heard before. Some will be ones we've kind of made up just for this exercise. Uh, but before we dive into that, John, how you doing, dude? Doing good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this because I think it's like it was like what we spend all day, every day, like doing is like debunking these or like emphasizing ones that people, people don't talk about because it's just, you know, the world of, uh, you know, social media gurus and Twitter gurus and, and all that stuff. Like, uh, you know, it, it, it's just super easy to say like, Hey, here's like a hard stance statement, even if it's not true. Right. Like it just kind of like serves that purpose of like, uh, oversimplifying something so that people who, don't have the experience can be like, oh yeah, that's it. Like that's the that's the key to success. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm excited to tell people the stuff that they hear that isn't really the key to success, and vice versa. Awesome. Well, then let's dive right on into it, dude. I'll go ahead and get this uh, pulled up, and we'll get crack a lacking on this. Let me just get all these kind of behind the scenes things straightened out first, real quick. Okay, are you looking at what I'm looking at here? Um, I do not see your screen yet, but it does say, there we go, I got you. All right, there we go. Cool, cool. So uh, this is a small version. This is what we'll actually be working on. But for the audience here, uh, this is the exercise we're doing today. We'll be pulling out phrases, like I said, and we'll be plotting them on this graph. Uh, these four quadrants represent four different kind of statuses, I guess, of those of the given phrases. Um, these, this is a spectrum of truth, uh, left side being not true at all, right side being as true as it could possibly be, and this y-axis is for how helpful uh, that knowledge or that, that saying is, uh, bottom being not helpful at all, uh, top being as helpful as it could possibly be. 
Um, so yeah, we'll, I kind of have the shrunken down mini version. We'll actually be plotting, uh, things on and we'll go right into the first one here. Let me not reveal all the things we have below. First one is Facebook is the best marketing platform. Facebook is the best marketing platform. Oh, so do you want me to say it first or you just say it first? Well, let's, let's start, let's get a process going for this. I think we start with truth. That feels right okay. to me. All right. So how, how true do you feel like this is John? For e-commerce brands, I mean, I'm partial to it. I would say it's like just on the you know right side of the of the like helpfulness. Like it's probably just on the right side of middle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the better ones for e-com brands, even still. So yeah, I'd agree with that. I think a lot of people are are like all in on it and kind of have their whole business running on just Facebook alone. I wouldn't go quite that extreme, but uh, you know, I don't think it's the all-in-one. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, there's of course different circumstances for different businesses, but yeah, generally speaking, I think it probably is one of the better, better ones. So I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you here. How helpful do you think it is to know that? I don't think it's super helpful. I mean, so in the beginner phase, like, let's just talk about like, uh, you know, when you're launching, I think that like a ton of, of people, brands, you know, business owners, have a perception that like, oh, I just all I just have to run Facebook ads. They hear stuff like that. Like, oh, Facebook is like the best place to build your, your e-commerce brand, your DTC brand, whatever. And so it's like, oh, I just have to run Facebook ads. And it's like, eh, it's, it, it actually is like difficult to make it like work for a lot of, of e-commerce brands. There, you, there's, there has to be more, you know, there has to be some other like reason or strength uh, behind your brand that will make it that will make it work not just like oh i advertise on facebook and facebook can get me in front of the right people i think uh yeah i agree with you i think because of that kind of reason i think it is helpful to know uh but it's very like surface level like beginner level um i, I don't think anybody who's kind of more advanced who might be watching this would consider that revolutionary piece of information at all i'm kind of thinking right here just kind of barely on the true side barely on the helpful side Kind of a nice establisher. I may have put yeah. a certain order to these so that it's we could pretty, kind of. It's pretty middle, down. yeah. It's pre it's pretty uh, yeah squishy middle statement there. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and tend. It. We can always move these around too as the board kind of shapes. I have a feeling we'll be doing a little bit of jostling around here. So yeah, yeah. let's. Uh, I, I kind of paired these together. Sometimes I know the second one here also is about Facebook. Facebook ads don't work for me. So kind of. Kind of like the exact opposite kind of take here. statement. Yeah, you go first. So Facebook ads don't work for me. I think, I think, again, generally speaking, we can't speak to like super special circumstances. I think the most often we hear this, especially as marketing professionals, we tend to think that's more likely somebody who just didn't execute Facebook ads or a strategy or didn't have a good funnel, didn't do any, some collection of those things very well. Uh, so I tend to think it's mostly untrue. Yeah, um, the, the even more untrue extreme of this is my audience isn't on Facebook or, <laughs> you know, which, I, you know, to maybe true that they're not on like Facebook proper, but they're on some, you know, property of the company meta, you know. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's like the more extreme untrue version of it. Um, so, yeah, I would say there there actually can be this can be like a very true statement um and like i would say for like a very advanced person who's growing a brand who says this like this this is actually a super enlightened statement for some 
but like if you're not like way on the side of like enlightenment enlightenment in like the world of growth growth and growing your e-commerce brand then uh it's most likely not true yeah we can't be speaking just to those people because we have an audience yeah. about just like the few marketing minds that so, so yeah but i i mean I'll, just to speak to that a little bit yeah I, I think that when people say that sometimes and we'll cover this i think on other ones what they mean is like um you know there, there's not really like i can't hit you know the efficiency i need on this platform or the volume i need on this platform i have to grow in other ways you know so th that's actually pretty true a lot of times for like Amazon sellers who have like really low margins and there's nothing really that special about their prod product and the way that they make most of their sales is that they just rank well on Amazon. Um, that's actually like a pretty true statement for a lot of them. Sure. Uh, back to kind of the, just the general view. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a stab at here where I'd place this on the helpful kind of all things together. I'm going to say this is more untrue than the last one was true. So I feel more like kind of towards the middle of, and I feel down in this bottom uh, quadrant. And I'll say yeah. because I, for that normal case, the more often case when people are saying this, I do think it's it's, it's pretty hurtful because it can kind of lead you down a path that yeah. you might never need to have needed to have gone down yeah. um, when, you know, maybe you just didn't deploy something right. Like I said before, and you give up on Facebook as a traffic source and it really can be the best marketing platform as we've already kind of established it can be. So I'm feeling... I'm feeling it's actually very harmful even i would say uh, i feel somewhere like right around here yeah I'm, yeah I'm with that i'm with that i can agree with, with it. that ladies and gentlemen he's with it all right so moving along here move on to number three we've got oop, a little peekaroo there uh no attribution model is perfect okay all right go ahead and take over here john how true do you think this is it's pretty true Pretty true. Okay. I would put it I would put it pretty far on the on the true side, but I say, I think say when. Say when. Yeah, there. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah, right, right in there. Maybe maybe a little scope. Yeah. Yeah. No attribution models. There's some small circumstances where there is a you know a perfect attribution model for you, but um where I think I, I would also say that this as a standalone statement isn't like super helpful. Usually the context in which like you're saying this means, hey, we're, we're going to get into a discussion now. But uh, I mean, for us, a lot of the time it's like if we're dealing with just paid traffic for a brand or like let's say you're a brand who's using like an agency or media buyer who just has like one channel. Right. So you're using somebody for Facebook, using someone else for Google and some that all they can tell you really realistically all they can tell you is that no attribution model is perfect and if they say something different than that then like you got to understand that they're pot committed to their channel so they're trying to say something that's going to make their channel look better um you know and maybe there's maybe that also coincides with performance so that's okay but uh yeah that's that that's all they can tell you uh if somebody is managing and and running and like uh overseeing like all of your acquisition efforts paid media efforts marketing sales efforts traffic getting efforts then this statement is most likely leading to like a discussion about what is the best attribution model for your business if somebody just has one channel and there's a lot of other stuff going on they can't they don't know they don't know enough to speak to it so they just say hey, no attribution model is perfect and that's where i have to leave it so i would say it's like pretty unhelpful you know maybe middle of unhelpfulness Interesting. Okay. Um, I, th I think it can be, I mean, we're, we're agency people, so we might be 
we've been in the situation sometimes where we have to be the ones to deliver this news to clients when they don't think that, you know, and as we've already established, it can be kind of true. So I tend to think it's a little bit more helpful because of that view. Um, so I, I'm kind of yeah, like more helpful to know that. I mean, we can scooch it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to try to split the, wow. Whew, try to split the difference with you here. Got excited there for a minute. I'm not going to lie. Uh, maybe right here tentatively, we'll leave okay. it there. Move along. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. See yep. where it ends up. Okay. I like this. This is turning out. I got to be careful when I scroll down here so we don't go too far. Okay. Next up is branding is not a brand strength. This refers to a SWOT analysis uh, strength. That's why I put strength in quotations here. Um, this is kind of, I think we've maybe kind of alluded to it a couple times uh, that on, on previous episodes where, you know, this is something we've, we've kind of talked about before, but we've never dived into it. Dived? Dove? Didn't? There we go. We've never divin into it. Um, so uh, branding isn't a brand strength as far as truth goes. Um, you know, I'm, this is actually one of those we say, we've said it kind of before, but I'm not crazy one-sided on this because I guess this is maybe trading into the special circumstances, but sometimes branding is a brand strength. Uh, but generally speaking, I tend to think this is more true than untrue. What do you think, John? Yeah, um, I think for most e-commerce brands, it's pretty true. Um, it's like, unless you're a major brand, Nike, Coca-Cola, I mean, in the DTC space, they're, they're, they're the ones that you can name, right? And, and even then, like Casper Mattresses, is branding really a brand strength for them? Purple, like, I, yeah, I mean, in the DTC space, there's very few Dollar Shave Club. It's like kind of those legacy, like uh, early DTC players that where you could say that it is a brand strength because like people have just generally heard about them. Um, but yeah, I mean, like even big, big DTC brands, our biggest brand that we work with most of your everyday, like I go ask, you know, go out around the like people in their market that I know, which I know a lot of them and ask if they've heard of them and they haven't, you know? So it's, it's just, for the most part, it's not a brand strength. Like it's, it's only a strength. Brand is only a brand strength. If it's, what does that mean? If brand is a brand strength, like what, what will, how will that manifest? So if your brand actually is a brand strength. So, yeah, I think if I think of remarketing in particular, when I think of branding, oh. I think when somebody gets the sense, they've seen something before that the brand in, in a way that they don't, it doesn't hit them over the head with a hammer. You know, that's kind of the branding kind of taking effect a little bit on I, I would say that it's remarketing without, like, remarketing when you're prospecting. Like, when you're prospecting and people are like, oh, yeah, I've heard good things about them. Then it's, cool. then brand is a brand strength, right? Because your acquisition costs are going to be, that will show up in lower acquisition costs. Right. And, but I, I tend to think because of, because of the nature of online marketing, I think that takes away from the historic some some of what I imagine the historic like uh, power of branding used to be. You know, what, does that make sense? Like you're kind of inundated with a ton of different brands now. Therefore, like the odds of anyone like standing out and because of its branding just seems so less, so much less likely. I mean, I I would say that there's not a whole lot of like, like that's what I'm saying in the DTC space. It's like there's a few, yeah. you know, that we could name where like they prospect brand new people who are not in their world at all. And a good portion of those people have heard about them before. So right? what are we thinking? But, yeah, but, but like, 
you know, Apple or Coke or, uh, I mean, those are extreme examples. Let me try and go a little bit less extreme. Mm, there's probably a local car dealership group around you, right? For us, it's like there's Larry H. Miller dealerships, like 30 of them in the state that I live in, right? Mm -hmm. Branding's probably a brand strength for you. They probably started about 50 years ago, you know, like, or more. Um, so that, I mean, yeah, in that, in that sense, I would say like, if that's the case, if you're that big, then brand is a brand strength. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it's not like, so it will show up in one of two ways. It will be easier to acquire people. Your, your acquisition costs will be lower, even when you're prospecting, people will have heard of you and be buying. Uh, and or people will keep coming back and buying from you because they have like this intense brand loyalty. So think Apple, right? Like people are like die hard, like Apple people, right? That mm -hmm. they won't buy anything else. And they'll, they'll like go to bat for, you know, Apple products and stuff like that. Um, and they'll buy anything that the company releases basically. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's how that shows up is that like either people, once they buy from you, they're so, so loyal that they would like never go anywhere else. Right. Um, or they're, you know, or they're, uh, easier to acquire. Now I would say that maybe in the DTC, in the DTC world, branding is a brand strength in the former, right. And on the LTV side, um, with brands that are associated with personal brands. So think, you know, brands that we've worked with before that have really large, you know, public figures or, or personal brands associated with them, then I think they get like a big bump in loyalty from that so i would say in their case brand is a brand strength but it's more the personal brand that's the brand strength like that person's personal brand that's the brand strength than the actual brand itself right and this is about e-commerce obviously um but i do think like like you said with like the local like car dealership like if you were big in like physical retail and then moved to like dtc uh or vice versa like maybe your efforts from one translate a little bit to the other in, in, in a branding way, but I don't think it's a perfect one-to-one -one transfer either. I think some of that is lost because, you know, it's not the same people necessarily who, you know, uh, and it depends on what you are too. Like yeah. maybe if you're really big in the consumable space in retail, uh, you can have a smoother transition into DTC, but like, let's say you're big, like, you know, at Nordstrom and at all the, all the different retail clothing retailers out there, like, a lot of people probably don't even, unless you're like one of the major brands, a lot of people don't even know who you are. You go to Walmart and buy a shirt, you know what brand it is? I actually, well, yeah, I do. But you do, but it's like. Usually Russell, honestly. They, they got the, that athletic here. A lot of people buy Russell stuff. They don't even know it's Russell stuff. That's true. Like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. They're like, it's an $8 t-shirt that, yeah. that's nice. Um, I got gotcha. you. So branding isn't a brand strength. I would say that that's like mostly true. Mostly true. Um, I'd say on its own, I'd say like, because of what you said before, it's pretty helpful in that it's like, if people can get this, understand this, um, yeah, I mean, I'd put it in the same spot, you know, no, like, yeah, right there, probably I'd put it. Okay. So just to hit, just feel right, a little less like right true, there. maybe the no attribution model is perfect? Yeah. Okay. I, I like it there because not so much because this statement so much is helpful, but the inverse statement can be harmful yeah i hear you you can get carried away sometimes uh but anyway i think we landed on a good spot there um we probably can yeah we can probably hit true and helpful at the same time honestly i think we've got a few more to get through here i think we have 14 total if i remember right um okay. whoa i knew i was gonna do that again all right this one i like email marketing is dead we've heard this a lot over the last like i don't know now when was the first time you thought you heard email marketing is dead 
when did people start people were saying that before i even got in the game right like yeah forever it seems like for us maybe five years ago at least i don't know i I don't know i wasn't in the game before then but i've been hearing it the whole time that uh that i've been in marketing and i'll I'll jump right out and say i feel like it's especially untrue um if for no other reason than people have been saying that so long well then why are people still doing it you know why does it still make up you know sometimes a solid percentage of a brand's revenue in some cases it's the majority i mean those aren't the biggest and fastest growing uh brands that we've ever worked with oftentimes do like a very like significant portion of their revenue from email yeah email i mean like that's the biggest and fastest growing ones right so not all brands do but the ones that are like in the multiple eight figures headed toward nine figures and like actually going to hit nine figures in a, in a, re, in a few years, probably a significant portion of their sales come from email. Email is one of those things with all audience, let's say being equal, uh, same people in a, in a Facebook remarketing, uh, you know, retargeting audience versus an email audience. It's going to be so much easier to ROI on those people in email because email costs so much less for one. And the efficiency of it is it's pretty darn good when you, you know what you're doing, you know, like it's, it's, uh, you know, those, those efficiency metrics, you can get to where you, you figure your way around those things. And it, you know, a lot of times more than you can on like an ad platform, honestly, that's my opinion on it. I would, I would jump out on a ledge and say, this is pretty untrue. Um, and I would actually say knowing this, is pretty helpful. I'm thinking pretty high up in this like quadrant of this quadrant. Does that ring? I would to say you? that the statement itself is not very helpful. So it's like it's it's the idea of knowing it, knowing that this is it, knowing, knowing that this, it's knowing that it's not true. Yeah, how helpful is it? That's why uh, I, I guess I thinking. haven't been assessing the other ones like that. Like as a statement, yeah. I would say this is like not true and not helpful. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, I guess we did. Yeah, I guess we did do that kind of with this, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Facebook ads don't work for me was not true. And it's not helpful that people say that. That's how we looked at that, right? Yeah, or having that mindset or whatever. And look, I mean, the whole sure. thing with email marketing being dead, it's like, uh, I mean, everything, everything like every great like arbitrageable channel where you just get like huge ROIs, uh, yeah, it comes to an end, you know, because we ruin it. That's what we do. We're marketers. Um, That's true. So nothing, nothing gold I, can stay. I, I Robert think that Frost. it's like people who say that kind of stuff. Email marketing is dead. Facebook ads are dead. That kind of stuff. Um, typically, have a a business that was probably like really, really over indexed on like really high return arbitrage on that channel. So it's like, yeah, I mean, that's dead. Like you, you can't arbitrage there anymore like that, like not at that kind of return, but it's still a viable channel for reaching people for sure. So are we feeling something like kind of down here? Uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe is it, uh, oh, how about this? Is it more or less helpful than Facebook ads don't work I think for it's me? less helpful than Facebook ads. Right, even more so. Let's kind of mm-hmm. get these, give, give a little breathing room here maybe. Um, okay. I think we've got a decent spot for that for now. Let's keep this train a rolling. Okay. I've completely forgotten at this point what's coming. So I'm in this with you. Creatives need to be pretty. That is the next one we're dealing with here. Creatives need to be pretty. What do you think? 
no, I mean, I, th- I think it's, I think it's like not as untrue as a lot of like performance marketers would say, like most would be like, oh yeah, the pretty, pretty ones are the ones that don't convert, you know, it's super not true. Um, I actually see a case for pretty creatives. And again, you know, a lot of the, the fastest, biggest, fa- biggest, fastest growing brands we work with have some kind of like visual, like branding that's consistent across their creatives. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's not the right move for traction. So I think I would say this probably depends on where you are. So um, the level of truth is probably like, you know, just a little left of center, a um, little further left of center. I'm going to say most brands that are like kind of zero to $5 million brands, which is probably like most e-commerce brands, this is like pretty untrue. But for those who are five to 10 or 10 plus, this becomes more and more true. And it's not necessarily pretty. It's like they they represent your brand and they attract the right kind of people. Because once you're growth, grown past a certain level, it's not necessarily just always about tra- attracting more people. It's attracting the right people. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I pretty much agree with that. Creatives need to be pretty... I think the key word here is need. I think otherwise you could kind of put it in a lot more spots, but the idea of like locking your brain into being like, you know, we can't, you know, letting that branding stuff kind of conflict with, uh, with something that might be like, uh, some great UGC video where you're like, yeah, but that's not really on brand. You know, that's not, that's not what we call pretty. And maybe pretty is not even the right word, but just whatever, because, because beauty is subjective. Right. So in my mind, it comes right back to branding. I'm like, who are we talking about when we say pretty, it's probably going to be some kind of internal source, um, or some kind of like design professional. Either way, it's kind of an, somebody on the, the side of putting the ad out, right? So uh, yeah. I think when you start looking at stuff through what is pretty too much or what it, what feels right too much, it's like, well, are we being subjective or, or are we being objective? Because there's an objective amount of like, hey, um, you can't read the text here because the colors contrast just so or something. You know, that's kind of like a, that's a real design critique where you're like, no that's a really bad idea like nobody will read it um but if there's like but i don't i don't like how that looks you're like well maybe it's not for you i don't think that'll perform very good like our people like to see pretty stuff or i i i don't think that'll perform very well because it like doesn't it's not like on brand yeah yeah definitely that's a super untrue statement of like i don't think that perform that creative will perform well because it doesn't look good like that's like very on the untrue and it'll probably perform better. Like usually the best performing ones are the ones that don't look as good subjectively. But can happen. It can yeah. happen. Uh, so what do we, I mean, I kind of just dropped this here, not thinking about it, but does that kind of feel like the right spot? Yeah, it feels pretty right to me. You know, I'm thinking about this now and the way we're talking about these ones. I don't know if we're going to have any that are not true, but helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that seems like a kind of a, a strange now that we're looking at it like this hmm. uh maybe maybe there's some kind of rah rah we'll thing that you're like that'd be nice if it was true and i guess it's like if it yeah. going that's nice uh yeah. but that's what that kind of feels like the rah rah thing I'll, I'll put it like this if we don't end up naturally getting any of these 14 in here i'll challenge us at the end to come up with a 15th one that fits yeah. this well yeah because uh, that it'll just bug me if we have an empty quadrant i'd be like why did I, this this format doesn't work then but i think it does yeah. we just didn't get creative enough maybe with the things we're tossing into it yeah all right, next up, we have Creative Creates Your Audience. So kind of paired this with the one before it. 
creatives need to be pretty. We decided it was, you know, generally speaking, a little less true. Uh, generally speaking, not super helpful to have that mindset. Uh, this one though, creative, create your audience. It's about creative. Yeah, I, push, I push it probably halfway through the true zone, honestly, because, uh, in, but like, I want to be clear about something here. Like when we say creative, we don't just mean like, like ad or like the Instagram post or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like we mean, like when we talk about creative, we mean like you've actually probably thought about there's, there's some, you've thought about who the audience is that you want to talk to. You've thought about some kind of like offer and messaging that like will speak directly to them. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say it's like very true in that sense. Um, and the way that most people think about it, it's kind of like, it's probably all the way to the right in reality, but in the way that most people think about it is like probably about where you have it right there. Um, yeah. This is where I actually tend to agree with some of those branding people that it sounds like I'm like demonizing all the time right now. Um, yeah. But like, you know, most people, like we did a whole episode on hooks, right? And most people will agree when you're trying to, you know, on something like on Facebook where it's an interruptive platform, like you need something kind of creative for lack of a better term to kind of grab their attention. Right. But if that's the case, why would you not consider the rest of their experience? Like, why would you just be like, but that's the only part where we need to think creatively. Well, to speak to yeah, what you're saying, whatever you're hooking with that, like, who is that going to hook? Yeah, you that know? too. Exactly. So like if, if you're bought in on the idea of creative at all, it's like, how about maybe nurture, the rest of that experience with a little creativity, make sure all of these different stages they go through make sense with one another. So you don't end up with some kind of bottleneck anywhere in your funnel. Um, but yeah, creative, create your audience. I think this is a pretty good spot for it on the true side, but uh, so we're looking at it as knowing this or with this mindset, how helpful is that creative, create your audience? Yeah, I think it's like, pretty hell I, I think that a lot of people think this now like a lot of people are uh, so many gurus are bang the drum of like oh go broad you know which i don't fully agree with but like go broad and have good creatives uh that i think a lot of people know this but like definitely if you're like really thinking about tons of audience testing and stuff like that like it, i mean i guess i'm specifically speaking to facebook but uh yeah the 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 brands that have like gotten the most scale, like direct response scale, meaning like they advertise, they advertise and they advertise at a profit are the ones that have figured out ways to create, like create an audience out of an audience of everybody. Right. So like even thinking out to like newspaper ads, mailers, like things that you mail to people. Right. Um, the, the, like the brands or the products or TV ads, that can like call out an audience within a broad audience of like blasting to everybody. Uh, those are the ones that typically and, and can do that the most effectively um, and speak to them and like convince them to do something. Those are the ones that typically like get the most scale out of their like paid advertising efforts. So it feels like we're, we're having to juxtapose to this idea here. The branding isn't a brand strength. Where do you feel like creative create your audience? It's more helpful than that. I think it's more helpful. And is it less true? We kind of had it a little less true. Uh, yeah, I, I put it about where you have it right there. All right, let's go ahead and give it a little breathing room right there. Cool. Cool. Um, let's keep this train rolling. Oh, oh whoa, 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 whoa. 
Well, that's not for the third well, act. Okay, hold on. Uh, okay, there's a market for everything. So a lot of these kind of go go real well together. Hey, this is a good on-deck circle because there's nothing in here. So there's a market for everything. John, generally speaking, pretty true, pretty untrue, pretty helpful, or pretty harmful? I think I would put this, I mean, I kind of know exactly where I think it goes. Where's it go? I think it goes like almost exactly in the bottom right corner, man. Like it is true that there's a market for everything. Like you can find somebody who's going to buy whatever weird junk you're selling. Uh, but that doesn't, you know, necessarily mean that you, that doesn't necessarily mean that like, you're going to actually be able to like sell it at a volume and efficiency, like that will support a business support, like any level of, of income, you know? Yeah, no, I almost entirely agree. Um, I guess I'll do the same thing I did for this guy and be like, I, I agree with you that it's pretty true. Uh, almost entirely true, you know, 98th percentile, at least whatever. Um, I don't think it's quite as much not helpful. Because I do think there is, for the mm -hmm. right kind of person who who uh, has an idea, and people, you know, I mean, there, there's confirmation bias when, when really successful people tell this story, right? They go like, there were a million people telling me I shouldn't do it, but I knew better and I went with my gut and I knew it, right? And of course, when you interview a hundred successful people and they all say that, you're like, that's the secret. I just have to listen to myself. They obviously didn't interview the hundred thousand people who thought the same right. thing were wrong. Uh, but for that- Yeah, the, the, the losers don't get interviewed, so. For that reason, though, I do want to give it a little bit of like it's not it's not completely harmful. If we're looking at the bottom, is harmful. It's not completely gotcha. harmful. Um, I think there's a little something to that, but yeah, mostly. Yeah, mostly it can very be motivating. Bad. Like, hey, there's a market for everything. I just need. To, I know that there's a market out there for this. I just need to find it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. I think generally, you're right though. That doesn't mean it. It's good enough to like scale. A yeah, support up. like a business or whatever it is your goals are for your business, like. That doesn't, you know, just because there's a market for it doesn't mean that it will actually support what your goals are. It does sound more likely if you're saying this about your brand because somebody is giving you a, like it's coming up in conversation when you're having to use this in defense of your brand. Mm -hmm. You're probably being defensive for a reason. There's probably some, some pretty large holes somebody can poke through whatever it is going on in your business. Yeah. You're like, yeah, but there's a market for everything. This will work. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're like Amazon and you're like, let's just sell everything, and they're like, well, yeah, there's a market for everything. You're like, well, that's I mean, a great business model. Somebody, that's what, saying, that's what I'm saying is that it's like there is someone who will buy like anything, you know, yeah. like, whatever it is you're selling. There's weird people out there, but yeah, it's true. Okay, good. I'm glad we got a little. Some of these are nice to keep going on long. Some of them are nice to know, like, oh, it goes right here. Yeah. Okay. Next up, let's see if I can only reveal one here. All right. We are in the second half now. I know this line meant halfway for us. Uh, more content equals always better. More content equals always better. Yeah. So more content's better, always better. Uh... And again, this is just generally speaking. We're not going into any particular circumstances. General e-commerce brand, go. Mm. I'll, I'll say it's, I'd say yeah, generally speaking, it's in the, it's on, it's in the Eastern Hemisphere. Yeah, I think. I think it's in the Eastern. Not Hemisphere. crazy far, but I, I think, yeah, generally speaking, it's better to have more stuff to work with than not enough stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Err on the side of more content. But I don't know. Helpful is 
So I, I'd even go maybe like this southern far hemisphere. Honestly, southern. I, I think that like people. Well, this is why. Okay, so it's just like so overdone. This yeah. like just like tons of content. You want tons of content. You just need to. You be need to be like a content machine. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe you do. I don't know. I think that it's like a really nice guru-y tweetable thing to say you know but it's not like very helpful when people don't have the context for it yeah i think again here uh, it comes down to the way it's written too and the word always kind of rubs me the wrong way oh yeah um so i'm gonna i'm, I'm thinking kind of like smack dab in the middle of this quadrant almost like it yeah. feels it feels like in relation to these two it feels more harmful than having this as a mindset i'm like this is actually yeah, always and never statements are rarely completely true yeah Yep. Or everything and nothings too, you know, like, yeah, yeah I get you. I think, I think that's probably a decent spot for it. We can always, uh, jockey around a little bit here once yeah. we get more up, uh, but mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're getting to the, we're like the seventh inning stretch probably right now. So right, yeah, right. to squeeze in a sports analogy. Yeah, there we go. Stretch. We got it. I mean, it wouldn't be an episode of ModCom if we didn't pull out your Cracker Jacks folks. Okay. <laughs> next up here, top of the eight, wait, seventh inning stretch is the middle of the seventh, right? So bottom of the seventh now. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, haven't been to a ball game in a while. All right. Uh, the customer is always right. Okay. Now I'll, I'll start on this one just because I know how I wanted to like lead into this. The customer is always right is like what the first rule of like just business in business. general, right? Yeah. Right. The customer's always right. Why would you tell him he's wrong? He's not going to, not going to give you return business. And while that is still always going to be true. Yes. Specifically, I put this one on here because we've, We've had, we always looked at how to like, what, what do we call it? When we blow up an account or crack an account, when we crack a new client account, whether it's because we plugged in a new funnel or because we, we hit something good with ads that just all of a sudden is scaling like crazy that beyond their wildest dreams, or because we set up some email flow or something, whatever the case may be, we've, <laughs> we've seen clients say, you know what? We've gotten some negative feedback from customers. Uh, even when performance is great, they go, so maybe we should put a pause on this. And that prompts the question, like, how much negative feedback are you receiving? Because if you've doubled your revenue, let's say, and, you know, everything else remains the same, like, could you hire somebody to deal with those negative emails? Like, how, how bad is this problem? Did you read two or three emails yourself personally and decided that waited pretty hard? Um, and the customer is always right, and you're taking this way too extreme. That's why I have this here. So with that in mind, what are you thinking here, John? This is a tough one, I think. Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you here. I think that I actually think this is probably in the quadrant you have it in. This is probably in the not true, but helpful quadrant. So, so typically if you have complaining customers, the, the customers who say anything, like how many three-star reviews to like most, like, especially e-commerce brands have like almost none. Nobody's like, it was right. good. It was good, not great. You see a lot of fours, fives, and ones or zeros. And, and even if they do like put a three, they'll be like, oh, it was really, really great. Only reason I'm docking it was because shipping was a little long. And like, it's like, you're like, oh, so like if it would have just done what was expected, you would give it a five. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so it's like that, like the people who will speak out are the ones who are like very dissatisfied or like very, very satisfied. So uh i would or, almost or, say or they feel very in tune with your brand and they just want to voice their opinion even if it's not even if it's kind of moderate i would say that 
yeah so I, I, in my opinion i would say that like statistically speaking i don't believe that the customer like any single customer feedback is right correct okay does that make sense like i yeah, don't think that it actually accurately reflects like masses right so one person putting a negative comment on the on an ad does not reflect everybody who sees that comment even 10 people putting a negative comment on an ad does not re does not reflect everyone who sees that comment uh or sees that ad one person saying you know this happens with our agency sometimes where like most people like us but somebody will hate the onboarding process or say hey they you know weren't fast enough to reply or something like that or whatever their complaint is and it's like we we actually have processes and systems to like address the thing that they're complaining about that just like for them they wanted something different right so then if we were to go and internally like the reactionary thing when you think in the mindset of the customer is always right um the reactionary thing is to like oh we got to fix that process we got to fix that so that we you know we're better next time and we don't have that happen again and stuff like that when you know if you actually look at it if we were to try to like fix the thing that would have like fixed that specific situation it would actually been like worse for most of our other clients right and i think in agency work we can really see that because we actually personally interact with every client and that's why i have this opinion is that i'm like statistically speaking when somebody has a complaint they're like in the statistical mi minority um so yeah i would say that like it's not actually true it's it's i would put it in the helpful category though because it's like just the way of doing business of like customer like strong customer service like treating the customer like they're right like treat just cre treating your customers is like like gold right like they're people who are giving you money right like treat them treat them really well so i would say it's like a really helpful statement um within a like a customer service environment but it's not accurate you know it's helpful because again the inverse of it is harmful so but right. and I'll, I'll give another little uh vantage point on this too when I think of this, the best example I can think of is like a, a physical store, right? Because you have a limited amount of people who are going to come in there because there's just so many people who live near that store or who, who will ever pass by that physical location. And I think it's particularly true when you're talking about like a mom and pop store where you kind of depend on regulars and you want to earn the business somebody and you know they, they'll drive twice as far to your store because they want to come see you and yep. you're treating them the right way as opposed to going to walmart half the distance away yep. um so i think that's super true but in the post internet that sounds like the internet's ended in the post like conception of the internet phase um and, and the ability to be online i mean the amount of people who could stumble across your store is endless really right it's just it dep that depends on marketing and all kinds of things so you have yeah. the ability to reach more people which <laughs> makes each <laughs> sounds bad but it makes one person's opinion mean a little less than if you were a, a physical mom and pop shop and you had a you had 10 people who walk into your store at, at all in one day you know like it's a different right. kind of thing so um not to stay on this one too long i still think it's it's close to i, I wouldn't say it's crazy untrue right uh, i think it's probably kind of near this middle line and how helpful is it i don't know i, I guess like somewhere in here what do you think yeah okay so. not a lot of pushback i'm glad we got one in there that feels yeah. like we didn't force fit it either i liked your i liked your take on it um cool cool all right let's keep moving here getting down to her getting down to the nitty-gritty all right test everything <laughs> oops 
<laughs> just a little stumble there test everything scale what works so you put this one in here you said this could have been two um we actually didn't separate it into two uh do you think it still works together we could we could take the time to separate it into two now if you'd rather no let's let's keep it together okay so do you want to give any context to yeah i mean like business level and within ad like within all the way down to individual ad accounts and creatives within ad accounts and ad sets within ad accounts um and ad sets within campaigns all the way out to business level of like just try everything and see how it works um i'm gonna say this is just like a, a thing like oh you just you gotta try everything try it try this try that try this try that and then like whatever sticks scale that whatever you know double down or triple down on what's working that's kind of a common like business uh i don't know mindset yeah so i i'll say that i mean in our in our experience i think we're we're pretty big on testing i think we use the term be scientific you know i know that's kind of born out of the the system that that uh we kind of run in media buying but i imagine the way this is worded i think what we're trying to go after here is it's not 100 percent true so right. as i'm trying to place it on the truth spectrum i think it's generally true but i don't know i mean this is good we've got some feeling out things here too i think it's more true than facebook is the best marketing platform i think it's ooh, more content is always better is the next most true thing we have um i'd say it's more true than that creative create your audience branding is this is where a lot of them kind of clog up for me i would go somewhere here on the truth and as far as helpfulness I think it's pretty helpful so i think it's i think it's right in this block here this would be mine i think we'd just kind of where do we want it around these other two what do you feel about that is that kind of what you're thinking um no okay what are you thinking i, I actually would put this in the top left quadrant really personally you think it's mostly untrue to okay i guess ev this is one of those everything statements yeah that, yeah i guess that's true we're taking the words for face value very rarely, very rarely do you actually have the resources to test even close to everything. That's a good point. Like it, I've very rare circumstance where I've worked with a brand where they have the resources to test. Let's not even say everything. Let's say all the ideas they have. They almost right. they very rarely have the resource to even test all the ideas they have. There are always more ideas and more possibilities than there are resources. So testing everything, like you, know, you, you have to be methodical about like the paths that you go down. Um, doubling down on what works, scale what works. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would say that side of it is maybe a little more true. Um, but again, uh, like <clears throat> I think that like people over-index into the statement and they say, I'll give an example. Okay, uh, influencer marketing is getting me uh, three ROAS, and Facebook's giving me a five ROAS, and Google's getting me a ten ROAS. So I'm gonna just going to double down on Google, and like just I'm gonna keep pulling into Google. I'm gonna not spend on influencer marketing anymore. Mm -hmm. That I think is not helpful. Like the if they're all above your waterline, if they're all getting you like the ROI that you need, being diversified is actually super helpful. Right now, like prioritizing and you know putting as much into google as you can first and then into facebook right that that's great but like i think that um just generally speaking then the mindset that people mean when they say this is not true now uh 
it's probably helpful in a sense because it is like like i i think the reason that people like it as a business statement is because it's like hey like just don't like don't get stuck on something right, right. Like, just, just, don't, I think this don't have analysis paralysis don't get stuck on like i'm gonna make things work this way don't be afraid to pivot especially in in early stages and stuff like that and and definitely like be aware of all of your efforts and figure out what's working and, and really try and like you know uh fuel that fire so right right I, 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 mindset but again like the customer is right it's not actually like an accurate statement right yeah it's taking the words exactly at face value the everything uh is where it gets cooked a little bit um that's i was thinking kind of this juxtaposed to like don't test at all you right. know what i mean like always be testing i think is a good sure. a good thing to say but obviously you cannot test every little decision you have to you have to sometimes you have to make decisions just yeah. right or wrong like you got to make decisions you have to prioritize your tests like you don't yes. have research, you don't have the manpower to even like high level okay i could sell on my website i could sell on amazon i could sell at target.com i could sell on walmart.com i could sell at retail um i can you know so i could use facebook ads i could use google ads i could use pinterest TikTok influencers uh i could use like media placements newsletters uh i could use amazon ads like you do not have the manpower to do all of that and and then again like let's say you do have unlimited manpower you actually also need dollars to do a lot of those things so like the like the likelihood that you're going to have both the manpower and the dollars to do all of that and then even within the platforms i want to test this kind of creative this avatar this like there's way more ideas than there are resources so let's get into placing this thing yeah. so because of this back half i know you, you i'm not going to accuse you of walking it back but you said that part is mostly true so do you feel like because of the second half of this does this move out of this quadrant or does it remain? I mean, you had it pretty far to the right. So, I mean, we could split it if you want, but. I, I mean, I like what you said too, though. I mean, I it, it's funny because, you know, we say things about like creatives or whatever, like none of these ideas are our babies, right? I mean, the, but the, you treat some the, different than others. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? The statement as a whole, the statement of, as a whole is like. I, I can deal with it being in either quadrant. I think um, what I'm realizing is if it's in this quadrant, <laughs> I think since we have to juxtapose it to the other one here in this quadrant, I would move this one a little bit. Um, if we kept it here, I would probably do something more like this to show yeah. more like, sure, maybe this one is most generally untrue, but it is more true than customers always write, I think. And I think it's quite a bit more helpful. Just the, yeah. the idea behind this, you know what I mean? The only reason why it might be untrue generally is because of the word everything in my mind. I'm like, the idea that you should always be testing is a good idea you know prioritize yeah. your tests i'll say it like this we we can maybe have like a priorities doc of like te of testing ideas right everything could be included on there. there could be infinite rows on that spreadsheet but we never get past the top 100 maybe so in that mindset i'm thinking like you could put anything and everything onto that priorities doc you wouldn't get to all of it, but it can be involved in the conversation, I guess. Sure. So yeah. I would either look at it like here or maybe just on the other side, but I'm down with it. I like, I like trying to feed the, the hungry quadrant, if you will. Yeah. So does that, does that feel good? Is that, that, that's pretty high up. Yeah. It might be too high. No, nah, I mean, I don't think we have like a lot, like, I think we focus on truth a lot more in these statements than the helpfulness. Like, 
So. It's, it's tough. Maybe I don't maybe have anything that I think like I'm passionate about how helpful they are, you know, this one, just so the audience knows this idea, this uh, episode idea was, was mine and maybe nailing down the different axes. Maybe we could come up with something better than helpful. Yeah. Uh, that one's tough as I'm thinking about it now. Um, but anyway, we're doing a good job here. I like how this is turning out. Uh, maybe, maybe if this at the end, maybe if this like looks good enough, maybe this is like a Twitter post. I don't know, dude. I mean, could be. You're getting to be a, a, a pretty good Twitter. Or... 13 hundo followers with it. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. <laughs> Let's try to make it nice for them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving along here. I like how I just forced that in there. I'm like, post it. Post it. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you said it. I, can, I have to. Judging by where this is, this might be the last one. There might be one more left. I don't know. Uh, so, dude, I think we've got like three more. Do we really? I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, you're right. We There's might have some that we were this. kicking around that might not be in there. So I don't actually, know. we should have maybe two more after this. Okay. So we'll try to keep it. We're we're running a little long, maybe. So maybe we can move a little quicker through this. Yeah. Um, considering we have a parting shot and stuff. So customer yeah. lifetime values are key. What do you think? Tell me where to go. Uh, ah, dude, I almost like I'm almost as passionate about this one as a there's a market for everything, and it's top right for me. Boom, baby! All right, customer lifetime values are key. Yeah, the most successful, but like this is the main thread of the most successful brands we work with is that they have incredible customer lifetime values. Like whether it's because they have a lot of stuff to sell, like they, they exist in a niche and they create these really great products for the niche and they have a lot of stuff to sell or people are really loyal to the brand or there's some combination of that. The most successful brands we work with have great customer lifetime values, both very high lifetime values, uh, high multiples of their initial value and fast lifetime values. Like those, mm -hmm. those LTVs go up quickly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have no more to say about it. I think I'll, I'll just say one last thing about it because it's pretty inarguable. All the stuff you just said, I think one thing you might be guilty of if you understand the value of lifetime values of customers, because that's not everybody thinks around stuff in that way, thinks about their brand and their products in that way. I think a lot of times this just gets immediately associated with like free trials and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But like lifetime values of customers also include their first time purchase, their first purchase. Yes, like that's. It for many brands, I mean, for many brands, m more than half of the customer's lifetime value is achieved in that first purchase for many direct-to-consumer brands. So I totally agree with where this goes. I just wanted to throw that out there because I think some people can go a little too far with even something we're so polarized on as this. Yeah. It's like, just because lifetime values are good doesn't mean give away one, two, three rounds of a product for like you know peanuts it's like well that's not I mean, how you get let's put, that, let's put it this way uh our our best uh, like one of our one of our top performing brands that we work with is a brand that their initial average order value is 90 dollars. that's their initial average order value they are like and and i guess that there's no context there it's it's a it's an apparel brand um not it's it's high 90 dollars is high for their for their niche for their market um and I think that's, you know, like they bill themselves as a premium product and then it's just, yeah, it really is a premium product. Once you use it, you need it and you can't stop. And they release a, a lot of different variations of it all the time. And so you got to like collect them and get them all and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, like I think, uh, you know, it, like the initial value also attracts 
the kind of people who are going to be lifetime. So if, if you want to have a monthly recurring value of $80 and you're attracting people on a free trial, I mean, it can work. Um, but you know, they're, they're probably not like the $80 a month kind of people, you know, yeah. most likely. The best thing to say is what it is like to optimize for customer lifetime value is about the best thing you could optimize for. Unless like you have the weirdest circumstance, like, you know, you're looking for an exit super recently. You're like, I don't care about lifetime values anymore. I care about, <laughs> you know, propping this up right now. But anyway, that's so beyond the exercise right now. Um, next up here, I think we do have one more after this. So build a business for the life you want. I feel like this is one you pulled straight from a guru on Twitter, maybe. Um, yeah. What, what are you thinking? I'd say, um, how do I say this? It, it is either not true or not helpful in the way that people think. Um, uh, and like, I get, I'll explain myself. So um, I think that like, it's actually like a very, at face value, the statement is like very true and very helpful, but it is like, you probably like the business that you're building, like you have to, you have to understand like what your business, what kind of life your business is going to give you and be honest with yourself about that. So like, uh, for example, like if you want to build like a really big company, like an empire, that's not a lifestyle business where you're going to be like passive income traveling half the time. Like, Oh, I don't have to work in the business at all. Like, no, if you're building an empire, like a big business, you have to work both in and on the business regularly because you have to fill holes where they haven't been filled yet. You have to create the processes and systems and SOPs, and then you have to fill those holes. And then you also have to think high level of like how you're like building a company, right? And there's always, if you're building a big company that's always growing, there's always going to be like some gap that you have to fill for a little while, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that's just like the truth of it, right? Now, so a big business and empire, that is not a lifestyle business. So I don't know how to place this because what I want to emphasize is that like, it's not a matter of like, oh, build this incredible business empire and also like have this cool, like jet setter lifestyle type of thing. Like that's not, that's not real. Like you can build a lifestyle business that's probably like smaller and not really built for scale, but maybe doesn't really need you. Um, or you can build something big and significant um, and you, you can build an empire, uh, but you can't like, you know, have the lifestyle and do both, right? So I would say it's very true and very helpful at face value, but I don't know how to like place that. So let me just explain that to you and then maybe you can help me place it. Yeah, let me put in my two cents here. So you said yeah. something, I don't think you said it there in that uh that little rant there but you said something before we started because you had tossed this one to me and you said something about like like good employees can like this permeates the like the workplace yeah. culture like when, when you have this mindset they know it too and you can't like set it and forget it and like look i've got all this stuff set up and i just rake in yeah, mailbox like if, money if you go yeah if you're raking in mailbox money and you're all over the world and you got nice stuff and stuff like that like good people like people the kind of people you attract are the kind of people who want to come in, punch the clock, do their job to like the standard and go home. Right. Uh, and who are just okay with being like, Oh, you pay me this much. I'll do my job. This good. We're good. You won't attract like actually super great people because yeah, super yeah. great people will be like, 
you, yeah, you're you're basically you're ma- you are you are capitalizing on like my above and beyond this. I feel like this is actually- you're not doing it going above and beyond. Like it permeates the culture for sure. I, I feel like this is used mostly in this. The first impression this comes to mind, this brings to mind is like MLMs. Like this is like mm-hmm. those people. You know what I mean? So and I'll just I feel like it's. If, I, if, if I'm taking a shot at it first, because I kind of liked when we were off and we kind of try to split the difference a little bit, I actually feel like it's maybe not at face value, but what it really means. I feel like it's a little untrue, but I actually feel like it can be like potentially harmful, but like at least not very helpful. So I would go kind of in this quadrant. Okay. What do you right. think? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I, I don't know where to place it. That's just kind of what I wanted to say about it. Like, I think. Okay. You know? Actually, looking at this, what we have now, I'm like, okay, it's it could be more harmful than creatives need to be pretty. Um, and it's, I feel like it's about that true. That's kind of actually what I feel about it, I guess. So, yeah, somewhere in here. There okay. you go. All right. Did I say we have one more? I think I think I can go all the way down now. Look at that. Nothing left. Last one. Always have, I added one extra word to this from the pregame where I just showed you this. Um, always have complete control of your business. Mm-hmm. prior to uh to typing these out i only had control in there not complete control so always have complete control of your business yeah i didn't know how to word this one i'd right? put this in the bottom based on what i think you mean i'd put this in the bottom right quadrant for sure uh helpful. yeah so it is true that you should have relative control i mean complete control let's say let's put it that way Complete. It's again, it's one of those extreme statements, but let's even take out the word complete and say, it is true that you should always have control of your business. And, and you might even describe that control as, as, as complete, like you should have complete control of your business or, uh, let me like broaden out here a little bit and say like the ownership group should have complete control of their business, or they should like in a controlled way, give up control of their business, right? Like with an IPO, uh, where they're publicly traded or, or something like that, right? I'd even kind of add that into that. That is that. Com- I, I like I like having complete in there because of those kinds of things too, though. But right. Anyway. So so I would say that like it should be intentional, right? If you're giving up control of your so in that sense, I would say yes, you should have complete control in that. Like you 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 know whatever is happening, where even if you are giving up control, you're it's intentional. Um, however, I would say it's like not helpful because of the way it gets interpreted. I completely agree. Yeah. So I would say that you should have control and maybe even complete control. Uh, but the way it gets interpreted is like, have your fingers in every pie. Right. Exactly. Micromanaging. You will, you will be the first bottleneck of your business. Exactly. That was the word I was trying not to add into this phrase but i wanted to get to was bottlenecking once once you become the bottleneck of your business or like the ownership group or or even the managers below you once bottlenecks are created if that kind of culture is is kind of founded within your business i'm not saying it's like a slow death from that point on but like the growth is diminished the growth rate is diminished. that is that's the definition of bottlenecks bottlenecks happen that yeah. as businesses grow like that like there are always bottlenecks that form right like all over the place and so it's like a lot of times growing a business is like finding and releasing bottlenecks um in the in the right timing right so in that sense you should have control but when 
owners become owners of a let's say 40 million 50 million dollar e-commerce brand want to look at and approve every single instagram post that goes out and every single creative and every single email and every single asset and every single email that's bottlenecking right so complete control in that way no absolutely not like complete control like you actually should give up control in your business you should give up yep. oversight you should give up the ability to make decisions and uh you should be able to like delegate outcomes not just delegate tasks the idea to is able. to find the right people to do that right. so the control element though is that you should everything should be intentional right like right. you shouldn't be letting things get away no, from no hostile takeovers right yes <laughs> So, okay, I feel like you said just kind of right of center for true. Helpful, you said a little lower, but let, let's kind of look at this according to like more content equals always better. Is that mm -hmm. more or less? I, I think this point more, I think in, in, in business culture, it's a very harmful statement. Cool. More, more, like, more or less okay. harmful than there's a market the for most everyone. harmful statement. That Whoa. More than email marketing is dead. Yeah, probably about there. Yeah, I got you. I've kind of only been working within the square here, these like four like cornerstones. Yeah. I wasn't allowing anything to get all the way there. So, okay. It sounds like we've kind of got a spot for that. We've got a spot for everything on here so far. Um, I'm glad we represented all four quadrants. Do you see anything now that we've got them all laid out? Just take a quick once over here. Do you see anything that seems out of place now that we've got different kind of, you know, foundation set here? Like, Mm. I mean, this is this is good podcasting where I'm like, just take a second and don't talk. I'm yeah. trying to fill the dead air. Yeah. Like, I, wanna, I, I, I am thinking about the, the audio of this yeah. and they're just like listening to our silence. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I actually am pretty happy with where everything landed here. And so, so I think this is, uh, it's the right amount of controversial. Yeah. Because we, we choose, we chose mostly like popular sentiments. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, like, we essentially didn't put them all in the top right quadrant. That's uh, that would have been the most like <laughs> I would have yeah. felt really bad about this idea as an episode if everything would have been in like one or two quadrants. So I'm yeah. glad we got to all of them. Um, none of them felt like a force fit either. We even have I mean, like, and, some and if you look at it, they're all they all have like good vicinity to the top right quadrant, other than the ones that were like, hey, we feel passionately about these. So basically, there's a market for everything. Always have complete control of your business. Facebook ads don't work for me, and email marketing is dead. Those are like extreme, where we're like, that's pretty far away from top right. What I like is that we almost have pretty obvious quadrants within the quadrants. Like you can see the stuff that we don't feel yeah. is, you know, Facebook is the best market. Basically. The closer something is to center here, just the less conviction we have about it. I'm like, think whatever you want about it, right? The further so, oh, we get- okay. Actually, build a business for the life you want. I would actually put that on the true side. Mm, okay. I could see that. Yeah. True. Yes. At face value, the statement is true, but like, it's not really helpful within business culture. I'm going to really toe the line there on that one and yeah. put it right next to it because I even think this. So as far as truth, yeah, I, I, that, I'm Whoa, that matches up there pretty well. Um, always have complete control of your business. I think that's mm -hmm. maybe a little more true than those. That feel yeah. like, right? Okay. It's kind of how we had it before. So something like that. Okay, man. Is does this look like Twitter ready to you? Yeah, dude. I'll put it, I'll throw it out there. Wow, you heard it here. Well, <laughs> second for sure. Cause if you saw it on Twitter, that's yeah. already happening now. And we post these like two weeks later, usually. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening this deep into the episode and you saw it on Twitter, then you probably are my like 
like yeah. you're probably my favorite follower. Then. Thank you. You're yeah, you're the one follower. You won. You're the... you, you you won like my followers loyalty contest that I just made up. If you <laughs> if you made it this far, drop us a comment saying uh saying who this are you tell me who you are yeah yeah, yeah. Say so, say we should give him a keyword like a, a code yeah. word for if you made it this far come no i'm not gonna do that uh because we probably won't get that comment and then i'll feel bad about myself so yeah just a comment if you want to um john i'll go ahead and give you the departing shot here just kind of on what uh, i'll give you a challenge here um can you give us a parting shot on what you thought about this exercise and kind of how this helps lay out these ideas to you. And if this is maybe a helpful framework for people, like, it kind of seems like a silly exercise at face value. Sure. But now that we've got it done here, I think especially somebody looking at this on Twitter would be like, whoa, like this isn't yeah. where I would put a lot that of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All I'm trying to do here, all, I think all we're trying to do here is just like help people. And this is the idea of the whole show, the whole podcast is just like help people who are maybe not uh as far down certain roads as we are maybe they're further down other roads than we are um but like just like kind of share our experience right which is maybe not the most extensive but pretty extensive um so yeah i mean that's really it like i think that all of these ideas are stuff that at one time i probably heard and thought sounded really great and then through some through experience basically realized like oh that's like not as true or not as helpful as you know i originally thought it was right so that's all i'm trying to do here like like it's just my opinion man like put getting my get my best dude impressions on dude impression on like hey man that's just like my opinion like it's just i don't i don't know on any of this stuff like maybe maybe this is like you know email marketing is dead like that's you live your life by that phrase and you know and you've got a pretty good life that's cool that's cool for you but like um yeah this is just based on our experience like trying to kind of help people and, and contextualize like hey you know here's the flaw in in thinking this way and the problems that you will run into if you like you know live live your life by it if you ain't first you're last you know like just not true you know or it's not helpful couldn't have said it better myself dude all right youtube you know what to do if you've made it this far please like our video uh, also, we appreciate any and all comments we ever get, so drop us a comment below. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please subscribe to the channel. We're, we're getting up there in, in subscribers, John. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty proud of our channel lately. Uh, we're growing. close to 1,000, so that's cool. Like, Yeah, we've been yeah. growing. We'll, we yes. might, honestly, by the time this airs, I mean, yeah. uh, knock on wood, but <laughs> yeah. I think we'll be above 1,000 at that point. Beautiful, um, yeah. There you so, go. I mean, like, there's, there's other people. You won't be the only one. Like, you subscribe. You know there's other people subscribe uh, you don't have to feel like you're like you know not cool or like why do i think this cool and no one else does other people do like a thousand other people make it a company culture thing you know if you have an e-commerce business you got a couple employees you know be like hey these guys know what they're talking about they're really smart have them watch these watch they're them together have a watch party eat your popcorn eat your popcorn yeah. and watch modern commerce together it's 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 team bonding stuff you know yeah. do your do your own version of this with with your team that'd be great yeah. you know we like to keep make it fun. videos that just contradict every video that we make if you think we're dumb i don't know yeah become our rival podcast <laughs> show us how wrong we are let's, yeah let's get some feedback here um but seriously uh also if you do subscribe don't forget to hit the bell icon to get notifications about any and all videos we drop 
from here on going forward. And like always, until next time, we'll see ya.